All right, you guys know the routine. Take a deep breath in with me. Now breathe out. Take a deep breath in with me. Now breathe out. We're continuing our breathe series. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about generosity. Larry, lock the doors. I'm talking about money. Everyone's like, oh, I have an appointment. I have an appointment to get to today. And we're talking about generosity. And the concept of this series, the whole Breathe series, is that there's a taking in from God. There's, there's a, a taking in a truth or, or a knowledge about God. And there's an exhale of our life as we, as we interact with the world and exhale of habits and how we live. And as we think about generosity... Generosity is a tricky thing, um, you know, because generosity is great, but there has been moments in life where, you know, generosity is kind of weird. I mean, has anybody ever uh, got caught in a pay it forward line? Anybody like at Starbucks? You know, like, so one, there was one time I was at Starbucks and I'm, I'm going through the line. I order my coffee, uh, $3.50, just black coffee. I know it's still outrageous, the price, but um, I get to the window. And the sweet lady at the window says, hey, the car in front of you paid for you. I was like, whoa, awesome. And then she kind of just like gives me this look like, well, what are you going to do now? You can take your free coffee and I'll judge you for it. Or you can pay for them. And she didn't say any of that, but I could see it in her eyes. And she's, the, the credit card reader just happens to be hanging out the window. And then I look behind me, and it's an SUV. And there's at least eight heads in that SUV. And I ask her, I said, how much is their order? She says, $45. I said, yeah, I will pay for $3.50 of their order. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I didn't do that. I, I, you know, I paid for it because then I was like, you know, what if Jesus did that to me? You know, like, no, their, their tab wasn't that, that much. They can go in. They didn't do that much wrong. They go in. Then I got to the gates. And I was like, Shane, whoa, the tab is full too much. No. So I just kind of took that approach. And, but generosity is a huge part of our life. And we need to breathe in that we serve a generous God, that God is generous. He's generous to us through the form of grace. As we breathe that in, let's read Ephesians 2.8. It says this, God saved you by his grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for that. It was a gift from God. Just right here in the bold, it says this, that you can't take credit for this. Meaning that the salvation as a Christian that you are walking in has nothing to do with you. It's 100% a gift from God to you. His grace that he shows us, we need to just breathe that in today. That our God is so generous because he chose to show us grace. It's such a truth in our life that we need to hold on to. That as we breathe in that grace, just how unworthy we were, how, how often we fail, and over and over again, because of the blood of Jesus, we are made new. Amen? It's an amazing act of generosity. It's a gift of generosity. And as we dive into our exhale, our breathing out, we're gonna focus on three things today. Three things that I think that if we don't get right, if we don't get these things right, they can end up owning our heart. And the concept of today is that, is that we inhale this grace from God, this amazing generosity from God, the things in our life need to change to, to exhale generosity. And the truth is, is there's a battle for our heart. 
There's a battle for our heart. God wants to own 100% of our heart. He wants everything. He wants to be the top person, the top, the top thing in our life. And if we don't get these three things right, they can sometimes become number one in our life. These three things are this. Number one, our clock. We're gonna talk about the time. How do, how do we become generous with our time? As God was so generous with us and gave us everything, how do we give him everything with our time, with our clock? The second thing we're gonna talk about is our dash. You know that little dash on the tombstones in between the numbers that, that, that represents everything about that person's life? All the talents and gifts that they had, all the impact that they had or didn't have, it's all represented in that dash. And how can we be generous with the talents that we have and the gifts that we have? And the third thing we're gonna talk about when it comes to generosity is our wallet. And for the younger people in the room, a wallet is a, something that you carry that holds this thing called cash in it. I know that's a foreign idea, cash, tangible cash. It's all just electronic now, but that's what the wallet represents. And we're gonna talk about these three things. And my, my heartbeat with this is that we can get this, what I call the cycle of generosity. And if we can get this right, impact will start to happen around us. Meaning the cycle of generosity is we breathe in, we take in the generosity from God in the form of grace. We step into relationship with him. Out of that, there's an exhale in us where generosity becomes the driver of our life. We start to be generous with these three areas and the people around us start to breathe that in. They start to see the hands and feet of Jesus but how we are generous with those three things and they take that in and I think they exhale a pursuit to God. That through generosity, through accepting the generosity from God and us exhaling it to the world, the exhale for them is a pursuit of who is this God? Why would you do that? Why, why would you be generous in these areas? And it goes against everything in the world today. The first thing we're going to talk about is our clock, the time that we have. How do we become generous with our time? We have to ask ourselves these two questions, these three questions. The first one we have to ask ourselves is who owns our clock? Who, who owns our clock? Does, does God, does, does Jesus own our clock? Does he own our time or are we the masters of our time? Are we the deciders of our time? Uh, the second thing is who's deciding how we spend our time? Is he deciding or are we deciding? And the third thing we need to ask is who is receiving? Who is receiving our time? Are we being generous with our time when it comes to being in the presence of God, being in relationship with him? Or are we hoarding our time for only what makes us feel good? Or only what gets us through that moment? Are we hoarding our time? So we have to ask ourselves these three questions as we go through this concept of time. Has anybody in here ever had a near-death experience? Anybody? Yes, me too. And I want to tell you about my near-death experience. It, was, it actually happened up here by Quincy, California. Um, and if you're familiar with there, the Feather River, there's this canyon that goes through there. And the canyon is very deep. It's really deep, and you know, it's kind of scary to even drive it in normal conditions, but this day I found myself driving it while there was snow on the ground, and it was snowing like crazy, but I had somewhere I had to get. And I'm driving through that canyon, and I took a corner, and all of a sudden my tires locked up. You guys know what that's like, driving in snow. And all of a sudden, I launched off that cliff. And my car began to flip, and one flip, and I remember that first flip just hurt so bad as my neck just jolted for the first time. And then the second flip, it seemed like it was happening in slow motion, it just all this stuff was happening. And in that moment, my life, this, this stereotypical thing we talk about, began to flash before my eyes. And I wanna say, the things that flashed before my eyes was not how much money I had in my bank account, how much fun I was planning on having that weekend, 
the meeting I was heading to, the things that began to flash through my eyes were things like my family and my friends, the people that I was closest to. And I will say that this moment, because of what happened, and after the second flip, I began to start flipping again, and then I just smack into a tree. And that tree stopped me from going way, way down into the canyon. And I was able to crawl out of that tree, uh, out of that car and make my way to the side of the street where the snow is building up. No one's driving that day. And, you know, and it was this moment where I think I started to turn about this idea of going to Jesus because my life started to feel different at this moment. What was once important wasn't really important anymore. And I find myself sitting on the side of the road when this miracle in the form of a Budweiser truck <laughs> came around the corner and saw me on the side of the road. And th this moment was so like, impactful for my life because it put things into perspective. My life became very focused. I, I began to focus on what really matters. And how we spend our time, how we, we, we use our clock with whatever time we have left really matters. Proverbs 27.1 says this, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know. Meaning that tomorrow is never promised. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You can't brag, and another translation says, don't boast in tomorrow. Don't boast in tomorrow because what matters is today. Tomorrow's not promised. And that when, we, when we look at our time and how we are using our time, we are either using our time in one of two ways. We are either using our time to build the kingdom of God or we're using our time to build the kingdom of us. It's one of those two. And we have to make that decision today with our exhale, whose kingdom are we building? Who, who, whose kingdom are we investing our time into? Three things when it comes to time. If, if you want to be someone who's using your time to build the, into the kingdom of God, there's three very important things. Three don'ts when it comes to this. The first one is this, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate because you don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, over and over again, I hear people when I'm talking to them in life, it's, you know, Shane, I just gotta work this thing out of my life and then I'm gonna start living for God. Shane, I just gotta, I gotta fix this thing in me and then I'm gonna give God all my time and I'm gonna give him this. You can't do that. Because guess what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break a truth to you. Life's hard today. Life is still gonna be hard tomorrow. Life is still gonna be hard in a year. Life is still gonna be hard in 10 years. The only difference is you're trying to do it by yourself instead of going through the hard times with the savior of the world. Like we can't procrastinate in giving our life to Jesus. Right? Thank you. And I mean, it's clap worthy because it's like we're, you're acknowledging that uh, we can't just do this thing called life on our own. It's not just that Jesus is this magical thing that happens and our life is easy. I mean, ask a person who's been a Christian for a long time, complete opposite. Oftentimes it gets harder but we're not alone in it. Don't procrastinate when it comes to your time. The second thing is don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. You, you, you have a specific mission that God has for you on this planet. Everybody take a breath in for me. Oh, felt good, huh? You're alive. That means God is not finished with you. Are you using your time for the mission that he's put on your life? Are you using it for that? Is your clock showing that? And the third thing is don't look back when it comes to time. Because there's two types of things that happen when we look back when it comes to time. One, we can get caught up looking back at our past successes. 
Things that we have done and, and we had spent our time, we have dived into this. And we can look back and we get caught up just celebrating that. We need to make sure that we're looking forward when it comes to time. Just ask the Golden State Warriors. I mean, think about it, fourth quarter, they went into it up 12. They kind of looked like they were just looking at the third quarter. I mean, the, the truth is that we get caught up looking at the past, celebrating it, and also we get caught up looking at the past and saying, Shane, Shane I've done too much. Shane, I, I, I have too many mistakes. I have too many failures. I can't be used by God. I can't give God my time. I can't be generous with that. I'm too much of a mistake. We need to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. And if we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient, you believe that you are a new creation, that when you stepped into a relationship with him, the old you is gone. So what are you looking back at? You should be focusing on where you're going. Amen? You got time, use it wisely. And I got some practical ways that we can start to make changes to be generous with our time. Things that we can do, just really easy, practical things to be generous with our time. Number one, we can change our calendar. We can change our calendar. We can make the time important. I mean, when we look at our calendar, if someone was just to open up your calendar and look at it, would they see someone who was on mission from God? Would they see someone who had a loving relationship with God? Or would they see one bar on Sunday at 11 that said, that's my time that I give to him? We need to maybe change our calendar to, to figure stuff out about what needs to change in that. To, which leads to my second point, we need to change our priorities. We need to evaluate what is por- important in life. I know that we live in a busy society and there's always something to do, but we have to ask ourselves, are we being generous when, uh, with our time when it comes to spending time with God? With spending time with his people? Is our, is it, our day so full that we're, we're, if we're honest, he's just getting whatever's left. He's getting what's ever, le- what's ever left with my day. And why it's important to change our priorities is this simple fact. Changing your priorities will let you know who really owns your heart or what really owns your heart. Is the number one priority of your heart to give God your time? Or is it going everywhere else? The third thing is this. We need to change our habits. There just needs to be some habit changes in our life. And if you're like, Shane, I mean, I don't even know where to start when it comes to changing my habits. Here's what I want you to do. When you go home from church today, go pull out your phone, look at the usage chart, where you're spending all your time, and say, is there something here that needs to change? You know, I have the YouVersion app on my phone, and I always feel guilty when I look at the usage chart, and it's like three or four down. We have to change some habits in our life to really, as we spend our time wisely, to make God and honoring him and being generous for him a priority in our life. Amen? The second thing we're gonna talk about today is our dash. Meaning, and in this, when we talk about the dash, this thing on our tombstone that tells our story of our life, we're gonna focus on the idea of what that dash represents is the impact you made while you were here. That's what it represents. No one talks about the story of that person about what they, just what they did for work. That's a part of it or, or this, this sport they were good at. What they talk about is the impact that was there. And how do we make impact? It's by being generous with the gifts and the talents that God has given us. We have to be generous with those. It says this in Romans 12 verse six. In his grace, God has given us different gifts 
for doing certain things well. It says here, and in bold, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. God has given us, so he's been generous to you and to me. He gave us a talent or, or a gift that we have the opportunity to be generous with, to make an impact in the world around us, to make that, that, that dash matter. God has given you that special, uh, that special ability to do that. But we have to ask ourselves the question again, whose kingdom are we building when it comes to our talents and our gifts? Are we focused on impact for the kingdom of God or impact for our own gain? I think about in Matthew 25, there's a parable that is told. It's called the parable of the talents. And there's this distribution from the farmer who he hands out these, these talents to these three men on the farm. And he says, you get this amount, you get this amount, and you get this amount. And it went down from number down to the lowest. And then he leaves the farm and he goes to, off to work and he comes back and he asks the men what they did with it. And the first went and worked hard. And, and he went and worked hard and, and got more to put into this. And the second invested it, invested it to where it doubled. And then he gets to the third, and the third says, well, I, I took what little you gave me, and out of fear of, of not having enough or, or the crops not coming, I just wanted to be prepared, so I buried it in the ground. I didn't use it. And there's a rebuking that happens because what was given to him was not used in the proper way. God has given us gifts and talents, we have to ask ourselves, are we being generous with them? Are, 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 we, are, we, are we doing the right things with the gifts we have? I think like the first, are we using them? Are you using your gifts and talents to help people? To make an impact in someone's life? I mean, I think of like Robert Brady, the man who plays piano here almost every week. He, he's not, it's not that he's just good at piano. He's using that talent that God has given him to help us have an, an atmosphere of worship that we can encounter Jesus in. He's saying, God, you own my talent. You own my talent. We to, are we using it or are we abusing it? Are we abusing that talent? Are we taking this gift from God and saying, God, thanks for the gift, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on me now. I'm gonna build my kingdom. I'm gonna get my glory Instead of being generous with the gift that was given to you. Given to you. That was given to you. Are you abusing it? Or are you building his kingdom with it? And the third thing we have to ask ourselves, are we avoiding our talent? Are we avoiding our talent? Are we, are we like the ostrich that sticks his head in the sand and just hopes that no one notices? That, that this God-given talent, this God-given gift that has been given to me from God, I just, I just I'll stick my head in the ground and hope someone else addresses the problem I was designed to address. I hope someone else speaks the word into that person's life that I was called to speak the word into. Are we that third person who is just burying our talent? Out of whatever it is, fear, anxiety, but the, the truth of the matter is, you need to hear me say this, you are gifted and talented. And you have a mission to honor God. Actually, everybody do this. Everybody, raise your right hand with me. If you're online watching, raise your right, right hand. Say, I am talented. All right, you swore. There it is. 
I just wanted you to know, like you, you need to say it out loud. I am talented. And if I could keep having you fall, like I am talented and it was a gift from God and I'm gonna give him every single day of my life to use that talent to bring glory to his name until the world sees Jesus through it. That's what I'd have you say. We have to surrender our talents to God. And remember, it was given anyway. He created you. So use it to glorify him, amen? amen? We gotta make that dash matter. And now we're gonna talk about the third area we need to be generous with. Our wallet. Our money. Money is an important thing, because like I preferenced at the beginning of the sermon, there, there's things in our life that if we don't get control of, it will start to control our heart. Money's a, a, a big issue in that. And it's, it's so big that it's mentioned over 800 times in scripture. That's a lot of times. It's, there's, there's 39 parables about money. All because God knows that if we don't learn to be generous with this, it's gonna get control of our heart. It's gonna start to harden us in ways. That's why it's such a big deal throughout scripture. Money is important. And it's not just a financial issue. Really, money at its core is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. In bold here, it says this. You must each decide. That's, I, mean, I, I want you to hear me say this. My, my job today is not to come up here and guilt you into being generous with money. I don't want to do that. You have to decide what you want to do with this knowledge. You have to decide what your exhale and breathing out is. You have to decide that. But I am up here to tell you I care about your heart. I care about your heart. And I don't want something like this to become something that hardens us towards people, towards God, makes us, makes us live a life of fear and just hoarding. I want freedom from that. There's three things that we need to remember when it comes to money as we talk about this scripture. Three things that we need to remember. Number one, it's all his anyway. All the money that you have was a gift from God. You're like, but I worked for it, Shane. What talent do you use? Shane, I, didn't, I, I spent a lot of hours. Well, whose time is it? All the money that you have is a gift from God. No matter how much or how little it is, it's a gift from God. And I'll just, I'm gonna say this. Don't, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes we live our life like God is on our payroll of our life. It's true. When it comes to giving to him, giving to the church, giving to people, being generous with our money, when it comes to giving back what was his already, we just go, God, you know what? Today was a good week. You're in the HR department of my life. Here's your paycheck. Here's what you get. When the truth is, is that really all of it should be going back to him. Every penny that we have, we should be looked at as a blessing from God. He's not on my payroll. He's my boss. He's determining how much I get and how, I don't, how much I don't. It's, 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 it's all his anyway. And the second thing we need to remember is this, is that it will control you. It will control you. Money will control you if you don't learn to be generous with it. 
It will control you. I think of a, a story I once heard about one of the richest men who ever walked this earth and he was on his deathbed and he gathered his family next to him and he's on his deathbed and there's a reporter there that was documenting the end of his life and they put the microphone up to him and they said, what is one thing you wish you could do before you go? Do you know what his answer was? I wish I could get one more dollar. I mean, what kind of life is that? I wish I could get one more dollar. His family's right around him. I mean, if we don't learn to control this, if we don't learn to be generous with our finances, we can end up being just like that, losing sight of what's important. And the third thing is that money, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. I hate to say this, but you don't get to take your 401k to heaven with you. You don't. It's not like when it's your time to go. You know, God's like calling you home. You're like, wait, Jesus, wait a second. I got to go clear the bank accounts. I got to go, I need a good house up there. No, that's not how it works. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. It's not, it's not eternal. It's not what we're, we're bringing to heaven and what we're going to be using up there. I mean, it says this in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moss eat them and dust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in to steal. This is a very important part. Verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there is the desires of your heart. I told you it was a heart issue. Are you storing your money in in the earth, in the world to build your kingdom? Or are you investing into the kingdom of God? I mean, that's why we, when we do offering every week, we, we refer to this as a heart issue. That giving changes the heart. And it really does. I can say that because I stand before you as someone who once didn't get that as a Christian. I, I, I was a hoarder and a, someone who was focused on my kingdom. And then I dipped my toe into generosity. And I'll tell you, like from the bottom of my heart, there is nothing more freeing than being free of the love of money. There's nothing better. Knowing that it's God's anyways. It's just my job to be generous with it. And there's a couple things we need to be generous with. The first one is we need to be generous to people. With our finances. Whatever we have, I'm not just talking to someone who has a wealthy uh, a bank account. I'm talking to wherever you're at in this journey, you are called to be generous with your finances, to help people. I mean, I think of a story when I, when I just got married to my lovely wife, Sasha, and we were in college ministry. And in college ministry, everyone's broke, including the pastor. And we had just bought a house. And we were uh, at a stage in that time of the month where uh, the bank account uh, had a little negative dash to it and their letters were red. Not fun. And we were, we were about $500 short of making our mortgage payment. And, you know, I was trying all these side jobs, trying to get money, trying just to survive, but we were both just stuck. And then one night, we get a knock on our door and one of the girls from the college group hands us an envelope. Hands us an envelope and she says, I don't know what you need this for, but God told me to give it to you. So I open it up and I look and it's a check for $500. And I, I, uh, whatever you think about that, she says, I said, my first response was, no, no, no. You're a broke college student. You, you need this money. 
And, her, oh, and God told me to give it to you, so who am I to not listen to it? It doesn't matter where we're at on the pay scale. When God calls us to be generous to help someone, we have to trust him. What she was doing is she was taking a giant leap of faith, saying, God, I don't have the money to give him, but you're calling me to do it. I'm gonna be generous and trust that you got me, God. And we have to be generous to people. And the second thing we have to be generous when it comes to our finances is we have to be generous to the church. You know, the truth is, is I'm not just standing up here as your pastor telling you that you need to partner with the church and to tithe and give to the church. The truth is, is the Bible tells us that over and over again. God tells us that over and over again, that it's important for us to sow into the kingdom of God through, through giving financially to the church. It, it's a real heart issue. It's something that we have, it's, it's us saying wherever I'm at financially, God, I'm going to take a step of faith and trust that you got me. As I learn to let go of worldly possessions and learn to hold on to your truth. And I want you to just do something, just do something simple for me this week. I want you just to pray about it. I want you to pray specifically about this topic. If you're currently giving and you're being generous with your money, I want you to pray this prayer. God, am I aligned with your will for what I should be giving? Am I giving at the amount you want me to give? Am I aligned with your vision for my life? Am I really walking in trust with you? And if you're someone who hasn't st stepped into generosity and giving, I want you to pray this prayer. God, is it time for me to do that? God, is it time for me to step into generosity, to partner with you, to, to, to sow into the church as the church continues to make impact in the city. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's not just that you're giving to the church, you're giving through the church. You think about all the stuff that happens, Reno love and, and all the outreaches that happen. It happens only when the body of Christ comes together and is open-handed with their finances. That's the only way it happens. So I wanna challenge you with that. Just pray about it. Pray about it. And if you feel led to step into that, you can go to the website, you can follow the, the texting codes, all of those things. But just spend time praying about it this week. Pray about it. Because it's a heart issue, right? These three things, if we don't learn how to control our time, our clock, to give him our dash, to be generous with it, and to be generous with our finances, it can start to become too important in our life. It can start to become something that takes the seat that God wants in our life. It's a heart issue. It's something that we just need to acknowledge in that. And we actually have a really cool way that we as a church are going to partner uh, with you and we're gonna all do this together and we have a video that's gonna walk you through it. So check this out. Our first Reno Love experience for the summer is called Generosity Envelopes, and the home team is passing those out to you right now. So I'd ask you to take one or two of those, and this is how this works. We've done it for several years, but for those of you who are new, you take one of these envelopes and there's two sets of instructions inside. You take out the gray instruction, that is instruction for you, for the people of Grace Church, and it tells you to take two identical bills. It can be two fives, two tens, two twenties, whatever you can afford, whatever God leads you to do, and you put those bills inside the envelope. Then you discard these instructions. You go and you find someone to give the envelope to. There's another set of instructions inside the envelope that say, 
Jesus loves me, Jesus loves you, and he loves whoever you give the other bill to. So they're instructed to take one of the bills for themselves, buy a cup of coffee, buy lunch, or whatever they want to with one of the bills. The other bill they get to give away to somebody else and bless them with generosity. This whole idea came from a friend of mine who one year for Christmas gave everybody cash and actually a generous amount of cash with only one piece of instruction. You have to give it all away. And as they decided who to give it to and how to give it to them, their lives were changed. They were given the gift of generosity. And our prayer is that as you do this with these generosity envelopes, the same thing will happen for you. One more thing to keep in mind, it's not your job to find someone who deserves the gift. It's not to find someone who really needs the gift. It's just to give with no strings attached. May God bless you as you exercise generosity and may the city of Reno, the community around us, see that we love Jesus by the way that we give. Love you guys. Come on church, I'm excited for this. I mean, I think about how much impact this is gonna be for some people outside of these walls. Um, and you know, it's like, we look at that envelope and like my story, that envelope could be someone's, you know, what they need to get by that day. That just encouragement. So challenge you to pray about it. Pray about what you should be doing with that. Pray about how you should be engaging with that. And we want to close out service today um, with the song that we're going to sing that is a representation of what we're talking about. And we're going to ask the question again. Does God have your heart? Does he have all of your heart? Or is there maybe one of those areas today that we talked about that you need to turn over to him? That you need to trust him in? We have to say, are we, are we able to say the statement, you can have it all, God. You can have it all. So would you all stand with me as I pray? Father God, we come before you and we just ask for you to move in our life. As we sing this song about you having our whole heart, let us get to the place where that is true in our life. Let us get to the place where we're fully surrendered to you, trusting you, and we can be generous with the gifts and the time and the finances you give us, God. Father, you can have it all. You can have it all. We love you, Father. We praise you in your holy name. Amen.